You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews. So let's get started. Hey guys, it's Nikayla here, back with another episode. So I'm really pumped about today's show. And that's because oftentimes I feature women who are a little further ahead in their entrepreneur experience and have spent years growing and scaling their businesses. But I also like to connect with new entrepreneurs who have a viable business, but are still learning to actually run that business. And today's episode is just that. Today in the guest chair, I have a woman who has a message to share with the world. Her name is Kalila Wright, and she's the owner and creative director of t-shirt brand Mess in a Bottle. Mess in a Bottle is a cutting-edge, relevant company that gives voice to the voiceless with bold statements and reusable packaging. I first met Kalila at the Rise Empowerment Conference in D.C. in 2016. All I remember is her dressed in her Mess in a Bottle gear and handing out free product to the conference speakers. And immediately, when I checked the conference hashtag, one of the conference speakers had already shared Kalila's gift on Instagram. I was impressed by her guerrilla marketing and hustle techniques and have been watching her journey ever since. In 2016, she won the Wells Fargo Business Pitch Competition at Blogalicious and was also a finalist in the 2017 Black Enterprise Elevator Pitch Competition. Kalila has also been featured on a segment of The Harry Show on Fox Television, highlighting Mess in a Bottle with Shark Tank's own Mark Cuban. Now, guys, Kalila and I recorded this episode a few months back. I saved it for Thanksgiving week because I thought Black Friday, what better week to release this episode? And you'll hear Kalila talk in this episode about the awesome workspace that she found and was renting in Baltimore. And unfortunately, since that time, Kalila was actually robbed at gunpoint in this space. And you can read more about that on the at Mess in a Bottle Instagram page. So, you know, I thought about whether I should mention this or not, but then ultimately I felt like I would be remiss not to mention it because what really pains me about that experience that she just went through is you'll hear her and you'll hear the pride in her voice in this episode and how dedicated she was and how happy she was to be able to bring her business to an underserved community and promote the economy of that community. And it's just so infuriating that these are the experiences that she's going through as a proud Black woman entrepreneur just trying to uplift a brown community. So as Kalila works to regroup and find a new, safer workspace for her business, it goes without saying, if you're thinking of where to shop this coming Black Friday, definitely consider supporting a Black-owned business like at Mess in a Bottle. On today's show, Kalila shares more of the real deal holy field of what it's like to be a new entrepreneur. So let's get into it. Welcome to the guest chair, Kalila. Hi. It's so good to have you here. I know we tried this a couple of times before. <laughs> yes, I'm so happy we are in business. This we time. are in business. So jumping right into it, you are a designer by study and also one of the most creative minds I've seen around <laughs> in a while. Like every time you come up with something new, I'm like, how does she think of this stuff? <laughs> how did your life experiences influence your career path? 
Um, well, thank you for that. Um, I'm a designer and architect by trade. So I have a master's in architecture from Morgan State University and a bachelor's of art from uh, Penn State University. And I've studied art and architecture and I guess a little bit of fashion um, my whole life. And all of the things that I am doing today really are reflective of the things that I either studied or have experienced in school. So it's really funny now that I'm like, you know, maybe doing drawings to send over to manufacturers. I'm like, hey, I'm actually creating like a plan or a section and an elevation. These are all architectural terms. And so I can now really use those same terms and do, um, you know, bottle designs or design my t-shirts and, you know, I have that graphic design kind of understanding for my products. I know you were working for Under Armour at some point. When and why did you begin side hustling? So I was working for Under Armour um, in 2012 to 2015 roughly or 2016 and I was an architect for them and I was doing their store design like store planning um and it was one of those things where I really that was my dream job uh I did a lot of lighting design for high-end companies like Louis Vuitton and Chanel and other high um high-end retail companies so this job at Under Armour was a mix of retail and lighting which is again like my dream job architecturally. Um, it's all I really wanted to do was retail architecture. And I was fortunate the opportunity to land that position. And in around 2016, um, I just had the urge where I just was like, listen, I want to create my own company. Um, being at Under Armour, I was fortunate to see uh, the owner, Kevin Plank, actually delivered speeches and talked to the crowd. And he started his company out of the back of his, you know, I think grandmother's car. And that was just inspiration enough where I just really felt like I can do this too. And every day while I was at Under Armour, I was more and more inspired to create my own and to have my own business. And one day, February of 2016, um, it was time. It was time. Wow. So how did the idea for Messing a Bottle come about when you say it was time? is? Are you referring to this particular business? It, yes, this particular business. For me, I'm not a planner. I'm a doer. Um, I don't really plan. I don't ask questions. I don't research. <laughs> I just do. No, serious. I, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of... I don't know if you could say the bad entrepreneur, but I'm definitely an entrepreneur who I make my own rules. I create my own path. And that's what I did um, here. So, you know, when I say it was time, I was going home and actually designing or doing T-shirts. And I was staying up at night till about three, four o'clock in the morning. I had a son that was around two years old at the time. And I would have to then, you know, get up and be ready for work at 7 p.m. I mean, 7 a.m. And at that point, I really realized I'm like, this is not going to work. Um, it just wasn't healthy and it was very overwhelming and stressful. And though I definitely wasn't in a place where I was able to turn my side hustle into a business business at the time, um, I just knew that I had to take the jump. What were some of the first steps you took to start 
taking mess in a bottle from this idea to a business or, you know, those actions that you say you were doing since you were a doer, what were you doing in the initial phase? Um, definitely. So you asked initially to, um, how did the concept of mess in a bottle, um, derive? So initially, um, I had an ex-boyfriend really wanted to send him a message and I couldn't think of any more creative way than to really like put a mean message on a t-shirt and package it up and send it. And I went to Ikea one day and I actually saw a bottle and the whole idea clicked. Um, as well as uh, I was listening one day to, to Chance the Rapper and he has an album cover and there was actually just a bottle embedded um, into the, it was, you know, pushed into the sand and it just really sparked right then and there that Mess in a Bottle was a t-shirt company and it would allow me to, you know, have a message, have a voice without saying anything at all. Um, so once I got the idea flowing and I started, I even have the original sketches of when I just, I designed the logo myself, being a designer. So I started drawing out this bottle idea and I just had a mess in a bottle. Of course, I thought of message in a bottle first. And once I did a little Google research and I realized a oh, message in a bottle, everyone has it. There's like a wine company and there's other companies who have like a message in a bottle. I just did the next best thing, <laughs> mess in a bottle. And so a mess in a bottle, it was just so significant because it was like your message sometimes is a mess. You know, it's not always nice. It's not always pretty. It's not always packaged up really careful. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's profanity. Sometimes it's provocative. And that was what mess in a bottle was. Um, so the first steps I kind of took were actually creating, designing a logo, um, beginning to form a business, you know, a business entity. So I went down and registered it as a business. Um, and one of the very first things that I actually did was, um, I mean, we launched, I introduced the company to the world in August of 2015 at a, um, at a like trade show event or an event. So I introduced the company to the world and during that, season, the holiday season, it really picked up. People liked it. I didn't have the proper packaging. A lot of things weren't together. It wasn't registered as a business. And so once I saw that it could be something definitely viable that people really liked and they laughed when they heard about the business and a the company, they enjoyed it. I was just like, okay, I think I have something. So after I established it as a business, I went down, opened the bank account, and that was my first, like, real initial um, action of establishing Mess in a Bottle as a company. And this was in August. So when you said February 2016, I think that's what you said, right? That's when mm -hmm. it all kicked off. Did you make the leap at that point? That is. That's when I left. That was my last day of work was February of 2016. And how did you financially prepare for that moment? Because I know you have a son. I know it mm -hmm. had to be like, I have to make ends meet. Yeah, unfortunately, I did not financially prepare. I remember calling one friend and, you know, he said, hey, um, you know, if you're going to make this leap, you should at least have about ten or $15,000 set aside. And at that time, I probably had maybe two paychecks saved up. And all I had was my faith. Um, and I 
probably wandered aimlessly, as I always say, for maybe about like six to eight months, um, you know, doing little side jobs, little architectural jobs, like, you know, uh, different drawings for independent contractors, nothing that paid too much. Um, I, I drove Uber, you know, I did any little thing that I could initially until I really figured out where I was going with the company. I like that you were able to do any and anything to make sure you were at least covering the basics and that you were willing to do that, right? Like some people are like, okay, I'm going to, you know, hang on. Um, So then talk to us about figuring out where you want to go with the business. Now, were you like at that point narrowed in on, I want my target audience to be this and I'm going to approach marketing this way? Definitely not. Um, I think at the beginning, I just really felt like, oh, messing a bottle, it's a brand for everyone and anyone. I knew nothing about Facebook ads. Um, you know, I just knew that I loved being a designer. I loved the things that I was creating, and I know other people loved it as well. Um, so I felt like I had a really good idea, but I had no idea how to market it and what to do with it. Um, I ended up joining uh, one of the greatest Facebook groups, um, Asha Jones's um, uh, Build Brand Launch, yes. and she's the owner <laughs> of Tease in a Trap. Um, and it was such an eye-opening moment. Um, I think that our show was actually a pivotal point in my entrepreneur career because one day, you know, I met a lot of entrepreneurs in her group and outside of the group. Um, and a lot of people were like, why aren't you making money? What's going on? And I was just actually saying, I have no idea, you know, why I'm not making money and what, you know, I have, I, I just did not know how to market, how to use Facebook, um, Facebook ads and how to really use social media to sell my products. Um, and I was totally lost. And once I got into her group and I started to really read and listen and I saw what other young, you know, entrepreneurs were doing and how they really marketed their products, it really sparked. And I was able to utilize those tools to then help me to get to where I am today. What are some of these tools that you're now using? Are you using Facebook ads, for example, for every new product that you launch? Or were you able to start organically growing your following too? Definitely both. Um, I don't use Facebook ads for just new products, um, but if there is a saying and if there's a message that really resonates with a lot of people and I have a really good picture with a good, great, you know, great copy, great wording, and I know it'll connect, I definitely will push that as a Facebook ad. But I do think that the greatest part of what has happened is that my following has organically really become invested, not only in Mess in a Bottle, surprisingly, they've become really invested in me as an entrepreneur. Um, I'm very transparent on social media about my hardships or about things that I have successfully accomplished. And I, all my social media life, <laughs> I've always put it out there and I've kept it very honest. Um, So I think that people are really enjoying that and they know that these sayings and the messages that I'm putting forward are definitely things that they relate to. So organically, people are saying mess in a bottle. People are interested in knowing what's the new thing that I'm going to come out with to for them to wear. 
And let's take it back a little bit. I realized that, you know, we should also talk about the process of making these products. So when you started out, were you making each of your individual T-shirts by hand? And have you ever used drop shipping? Like, what is your process? Well, I'm actually the same way I started is actually the where we are today. So I've always started um, in-house. So what, how this happened for me is I used to go to local print shops, like in the mall, and I would have an idea and, you know, I had the graphic uh, design background where I was able to go into Photoshop or Illustrator, create my design, and then hand, hand it over to someone in a local mall. The problem was, as we all may know, if you go to a t-shirt shop in a mall, there it's really crowded. It's really, um, you know, you have a lot of people waiting to be serviced and it's a disaster. So what I did was one day I went into the shop and I was frustrated. I was there for a really long time. And so I decided to look around. And I saw what materials he used, what cutters he used, what heat press he used. And I recorded all of that information and I went home and I ordered it. Well, I went onto Craigslist and found those things, <laughs> I should say. Well, that's an order process. So I went on, I went to Craigslist. I had 500 bucks and I bought a vinyl cutter for about 200 and I bought a heat press for about the same. And I used that method and I started to print at home myself. So the same thing that I would be at a shop waiting about four or five, you know, four hours or so waiting for someone to service me, I was able to do at home myself. And that's exactly how. So we we now still print in-house. And when you say we, let's talk about the team process. And I love the fact that you're so transparent because I've seen you write on social media where like you have an awesome mention and then all of a sudden you have like all these orders to fulfill by yourself. Like when did you start asking for help and being able to pay for help? Well, it's funny, you know, I honestly, like, I probably, I say we all the time and we is still mostly me um, because, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I see myself as a big business. So I'm always like acting as if, you know, I, I think being at architecture firms where it was really small, they've always referred to themselves, you know, the company as a we. Um, well, I recently, now that um, I've opened a store in Baltimore, Maryland, um, I now have um, two active employees. I have a uh, a personal assistant, I have a virtual assistant, and then I also have a new production person as well. What was that process like? How do you pay rent? So in Baltimore, um, you know, it's a great city. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Um, but rent is definitely not Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> rent is very Baltimore, Maryland. And, you know, I live in a neighborhood where there are like some abandoned buildings. And um, one day I, I was doing my business in my house. Um, I have a three floor house and I was very adamant about staying in my house because of course I did not want to take on the cost of paying rent in another space. And um, we were doing everything in house. The problem with that was I had one production person coming to my house at the time. And if I needed any kind of help, I would have to have more people coming in and out of my house. Um, on top of that, 
my son's room became a storage facility for t-shirts as well. It just became very like chaotic. Um, and it wasn't a great working environment having so many things going on in my home. Um, so one day my production person was unable to come in and I really needed someone else to help me. And I wasn't comfortable with having everyone and anyone in my home. It just became really overwhelming. Um, and so instead of doing my normal Monday routine where I would like, you know, get up, go down to my studio space and start working, I went out and I just walked around. Um, Baltimore is very much like that, where we have a, they have a lot of for sale signs, for rent signs. Um, so I just went to various neighborhoods where I knew like I probably would be able to find a space for a decent amount. Um, and I lucked up. I was I did that. Um, spoke with the owner, and I was able to get into the space within the next week and a half. Have you reached a phase where you're starting to reap profit from the business? Oh, definitely. And what are some of the first things you're investing back in? Um, well, right now we are, so, you know, for the listeners and for pe- most of the people who are familiar with our brand, so, you know, Mess and a Bottle, we put our t-shirts, they actually come packaged in a reusable bottle. So we just upped our order um, for bottles and, you know, because we keep on selling out right now of bottles. And so we, you know, the holidays are approaching. So I just like doubled the amount of bottles that we're getting. Also for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we're running a campaign where we have pink bottles. And so we're turning um, 300 of our bottles, like a limited edition, we're turning them pink. We're also par- partnering with a nonprofit where we're donating some of the proceeds from our bottles for the, our pink pink bottle campaign. Um, and I am also expanding and we are now dabbling in other merchandise. So we're making t-shirt dresses as well as we're making more jackets. Um, we have shoes and handbags coming. Um, so though I guess I'm making money, I'm putting it back out really quickly so that we can keep the momentum going. So cool. Congratulations on all that you're doing. Thank you. What would you say are some of the pros and cons of making and printing in-house versus like this whole drop shipping thing that has taken off? Um, for me, I really, well, you know, I have a unique um, concept and so we, I mean, I'm sure I could probably send my bottles or something to a fulfillment center and have someone drop ship our bottles with the t-shirts. But right now I'm really invested in knowing that when someone says, hi, my number, my order number is 2186 and I ordered X and I know that I actually physically either press that shirt or our production person did that order. And I know that we have someone that is checking for quality control um, and our inner tags are, you know, pressed in the way that I want them to. Um, That stuff matters to me. And I think that it actually matters to my customers who receive our message in a bottle as well, um, because a lot of people are really impressed by not only the quality, but the worksmanship, and they know that we do them in-house. Um, and I just think that matters. So I'm not um, 
at the moment, even though it's very overwhelming and very stressful, um, it's just not something that I'm excited uh, to try to hand over to someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, On the flip side, you know, it gets to be a lot. Um, It's a lot of orders. It's a lot of figuring out, moving parts, making sure certain things are ordered in a timely fashion. Um, So it really becomes a lot of work, but I think that's the beauty in maybe running a business. So speaking of business now, I I completely hear what you're saying. I love the fact that you do so much and you can really tell that you pour your heart into it. But I'm just thinking about scale, right? Like, you know, this, your business is going to continue to blow up. How do you picture doing the manufacturing then? As far as like stuffing the bottle, shipping it all off? Okay. Like that's, I mean, to me, I'm going to be paying a facility that has people, right? Mm-hmm. And like, because we, I've, you know, I've personally thought about outsourcing and doing all this, having somebody else fill things. But at the end of the day, why not hire my own people, train my own people, prep, you know, have that stuff being done? Yes. Because I'm only going to be paying someone to do that. Like, that. that's the bottom line. I'm paying someone to have people. I can hire my own people. I can have my own machines. And so my goal is a factory and a production space and having my people press and, you know, me vetting my people that I want to work in my business. So that's that's the only thing that I see as an option um, and scalability and getting bigger is to, you know, and I I don't know. That's just my thing. I really want to have ownership and make sure that. I am able to watch my quality of my product. And to me, that's really the way to do it. I mean, maybe it's working harder though, and I don't know if it's working smarter, but um, I'll still like to keep control of of that for right now. I love that you're trying to employ us, especially, and build something for us and in our community. And I think that it's it's a challenging space. Like, I myself definitely had to bow out of it. <laughs> I was right. like, ooh, wow. Um, e-commerce, online, this is a lot. But right. um, I know that what you're building, like, I just have so much faith in it. And, and I know other people do, right? So you have been featured on television. You've won some pitch competitions. Um What's been your approach to that, like putting yourself out there, even when you didn't necessarily have all the pieces figured out? Um, You know, it surprises me how many people have a business, but then they don't have any kind of product. They don't have, you know, they go to major conferences and, you know, I go to conferences and things like that to absorb some information, but really and truly I'm there for you to not forget my name when you leave. You know, um, I make sure that I say, I talk to the people that I think I really need to meet, I really need to talk to. I make sure that I wear product that you'll never forget. Um, and I'm in your face. Um, you know, I don't know if maybe it's a Brooklyn mentality and it's just a, but I make sure that you don't forget Kalila Wright when you leave these conferences or when you leave these events um, and you know who messing a bottle is, even if you don't know my name, I make sure that you know who messing a bottle is. Um, And that's something really important that I think a lot of entrepreneurs um, maybe miss the mark. And so when I go to a lot of conferences and events, um, not that I'm not pushy, I'm not 
push my model in your face kind of thing, but I'm making sure that I'm saying, hi, you know, how are you? I just wanted to tell you about my t-shirt company, Mess in a Bottle. We put messages on t-shirts and they actually come packaged in a reusable bottle. People remember that. They say, wow. They're like, wow, it actually comes packaged in a bottle. And I'm like, yeah. And I then pull out my bottle and then they're even, even they their minds are even more blown that it's really in a um, reusable bottle. And so, you know, I just think it's important for people to, I still hit the ground. Like I'm from Brooklyn and I just remember when people would promote parties or events or whatever, they're plastering you know, a poster of Notorious B.I.G. all over the block. So, you know, like there's a party tonight and it's featuring headliner, you know, B.I.G. And they would hand out flyers. And I'm just from that era where I'm handing stuff out. I'm still I'm on social media, but I'm making sure that I'm going to events and I'm making sure I touch, who, you know, everybody, as many people as I can. And I'm making sure people remember me. And is that how some of the opportunities, like, I, I think you were on, um, was it the Harry Show and pitching for Mark Cuban? Is that how that came about? Um, well, that came about by me just jumping on an opportunity and me being fortunate enough to, you know, be granted the opportunity. Um, so one of my friends, she posted um, or sent me a message. I think she took, no, actually what happened is one of my good friends, um, Carrie Ping, she actually told producers about me. They reached out to her in regards to a segment. I think her daughter was on the Harry show. And, you know, most of the times when you're in television, people would reach out again and say, hey, do you happen to know anybody who would be great for this segment? Um, and there was a segment on entrepreneurship. Um, at the time, they I, I don't think in the beginning they disclosed that it was with Mark Cuban, but they just said, hey, we have this great show and it's going to be a segment on entrepreneurship. And if you would like, um, you, well, you know, come come and interview with us, um, have a phone call and we'll kind of go from there. Producers were very impressed by me, by my story and I'm um, hearing about Mess in the Bottle. And literally one thing led to another. And within like four days, I was, uh, they had a car service and I traveled from Baltimore to New York and they put me in a hotel and it was my birthday, which was even more special. And then I was on TV with Mark. Nice. Besides opening up a space, being on TV, <laughs> what has changed in your business since you first got started? It's been what now? Over a year, almost two years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're gonna be um, approaching our two year mark in February. Mm -hmm. um, well, in January because January is like my official start date. Um, so what has changed? Um, I just had my first. I called it my Tpreneur One Hundred and One class, where I am teaching people how to turn product to profit. Um, and I am now hiring people. And I am now, I changed positions in my company. I'm no longer the production, marketing, you know, PR, all of that. I've now hopefully transitioned a bit over to CEO of Mess in a Bottle. Um, and I'm learning how to run a business. I think that is definitely one of the biggest changes um, that I'm going through right now. Awesome. All right, now we're going to transition into the lightning round where you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? 
I think so. <laughs> All right. Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Uh, definitely Facebook groups. I think getting into the right Facebook groups and knowing, you know, good groups that's going to help strengthen your business and for you to be able to really use it as a resource um, is excellent, as well as meeting the right people in that group. You know, scout out the group, kind of see who can you connect with, who can become your business bestie, um, find people who will encourage you and aren't afraid to share their resources. They're not afraid to tell you what they did, the mistakes that they've made. Number two. What's been the best business book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? Um, well, I definitely took a listen to a podcast recently and it was with the young lady. It, the lady, um, she's the owner of Saturday Morning Pancakes. Um, and she basically was talking about um, how she transitioned her company and went from making like $71,000, use Facebook ads and use social media to leverage her business to go on to making about $2.4 million this year. Ooh, I have to look that up and link to it in the show notes. Yes, please. Number four, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Not being afraid to jump. I'm, I'm like crazy. I'm a crazy entrepreneur and listening to my gut and just doing whatever the heck I want and just making sure I listen to my voice and my voice only. Like I try to tune out the world, tune out the naysayers, and I just go with whatever I think is right. And even if it's, you know, I stumble, I fall, it's the wrong move. Um, I'm comfortable with those decisions because I know it's what I listen to and it was what I thought was the best decision for me. Love it. Speaking of that, number five, what is your parting advice for fellow women side hustlers who want to be their own boss but are worried about losing a steady paycheck? You know, this has been the most rewarding experience of my life. Like, I can't even say how much this experience just means to me. Like, it's great that my family, my friends, everyone around me says, I'm proud of you. But today, me even leading a T-preneur class and having people, you know, come up to me and say, wow, I really learned something. I now understand what I have to do next. And knowing that I can transform other people's lives um, have been super you know, gratifying. It's just really been amazing. And for me, my paycheck, my, my, you know, my um, constant paycheck would have never gotten me to now this feeling where I'm a leader and I'm leading a classroom and I'm really doing what I was destined to do and who I was destined to become. And on that note, what is the best way that we can connect with you after this episode? I am on social media platforms. Um, we're messing a bottle. Um, you can tweet us at underscore messing a bottle, as well as our email is message at messinabottle.com. And you can come visit us at 510 West Franklin Street in Baltimore, Maryland, 21201. 
Whoop, whoop. All right. Thank you so much for joining us in the guest chair today, Kalila. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. All righty, guys. And there you have it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.